Hi, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the, about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hey, Guthrie. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. It's very uh, gray and cloudy here. It's kind of a little bit cloudy here, but you know what? It's June. It's warm, warmish, warmish. Hmm. I, it's not hot. But it's right. not snowing, so I'm very happy. Excellent. It's not snowing in June. Well, we've really, we've really come a long way. <laughs> Sometimes it snows in June where <laughs> I live. Not very often. Right. Right, right, right. But, yeah. So what are uh, we talking about today? Uh, today's topic is partitioning. Partitioning. Yes, partitioning. And uh, I'm going to guess this is a behavioral economics kind of thing. Um, yeah, it certainly it certainly can be for sure. So doesn't have to be. How do you want to How do you want to start? What do you mean it doesn't have to be? Oh, I don't know. You can use it in a lot of different ways. Okay. So uh, where? How do you want to start this off? Do you want to explain first what partitioning is? Sure. Right. Um, how about, well, do you, do you want to start by just talking about, uh, framing? Framing. So you want to talk about partitioning and framing together? Yeah. Sure. Go right ahead. They are, they are related. All right. So, so what is framing and what is partitioning and how are they different and how are they related? So everyone knows what a mental model is, right? Well, if they are listening to our podcast, they know what a mental model is, but do you want to summarize and for this conversation? No, you should do the mental model. Oh, okay. So a mental model is a, a representation that people have um, in their heads, in their thoughts, in their images about how something should work, whatever the something is, whether it's an app or software or a remote control or uh, a screwdriver or whatever. We, whenever someone, whenever a human encounters any kind of tool, they already have in their head some kind of idea of how this is supposed to work and what they're supposed to do with it and what's going to happen. And we get these mental models from many places and from our experience, from training, from what somebody says. And these mental models often uh, or usually drive our behavior. So we interact with the thing based on our mental model of what it is. And then so, we we go off, we, we, do a, we did a podcast episode on this where we then went off and talked about that, you know, therefore the relationship between the mental model and the design of the product, which I'm not going to go into here. Right. So that that's mental model. But there's also, you know, and, and most of that has to do with sort of a physical mapping of space or, you know, whatever. But there's also the expectation model, which is very related, which is, I have a certain expectation about how things are supposed to work. A sort of mental model, expectation model of how things are. How do you think the expectation model is different from the mental eh, model? Well, mental model has to do with how things put together. But I'll, I'll just give you an example. You live in a nice house, but it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, this is reality. Yes. I do live in a nice house, and it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. Correct. Although it's in a town. Yes. But yes. it's in a really small town in rural Wisconsin. Right. So if if you just took your house yeah. and you plunked it into the middle of Chicago, 
its value would probably be 4x what it actually is. Yes, and, I would yeah, agree you know, with that. Location, 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 and, you know. So, so there's a mental model about what a house price is supposed to be, and it has to do with the market, and it has to do with what people's expectations are about a certain level of comfort when it comes to a home, a certain level of style and, and size, and about what that costs. Okay. Um, you know, it it is, if you think about what you're willing to pay for, let's just say, uh, like a car or a phone, um, you wouldn't pay, you know, there are more expensive cars, there are more expensive phones, but, you know, when I say, okay, what's, you know, what's a, what's a, you know, $25,000 car buy you, everyone kind of has an idea of their head of what that is, but when I, when I ask what's, you know, what's a $250,000 house look like, it very much depends, and it can, you know, 4X, yeah. 8X. On where you are. On yeah. where you are. Yeah. And that is interesting because people's sort of mental model about things is kind of shaped by what their expectations are. Okay. And so if I, if I say to you, okay, here's, we have a new market, right? All and right. in this market... A house like this is worth half a million dollars. Okay. And then I show you a picture of another house. And I was like, what do you think this house is worth? I can basically frame your expectations about what a house is supposed to sell for, what it's supposed to list for, what you would, what market value is by showing you, uh, you know, other examples and sort of framing the whole situation for you, right? So you're affecting my expectations based on things you've shown me. Right. Does that, does that make sense? And that is that what framing is? Yeah, it's, you know, there's there's a more technical version of framing, and you can use it when you're talking about, you know, making behavioral design decisions where, um, you know, you're, you're, you're using uh, big numbers or small numbers to sort of, uh, or, or do decoys to make people look at prices. And I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all that. I'm just kind of taking okay. the higher level approach. Okay. All right. So that, that makes sense about kind of at a high level what framing is. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next part then yeah. is let's talk about um, let's talk about uh, sort of framing and prices. So partitioning is basically the idea that I can sort of frame things or change things based on how big or how small of a of a of a partition I create. Say that once more. So. Um, partitioning is the idea that you can frame things and yeah. set expectations based on how big or how small your partition is. Okay. So, all right. So, so say more. What's a partition? So, let's think about uh, lots of different lots of different examples. Um, right. What what sort of example should I use? Well, why don't you start with one and then we'll do a couple of them. Okay. Start start with an easy one. Okay. So a simple uh, one way to think of a, of a partition, think of a gallon of milk. Okay. Or you can think of a pint of milk. All right. And if you uh, want the same number of milk, same amount of milk, right? If you're buying yeah. like a quart, right? Yeah. You have to, or uh, uh, you know, liters into you know, right. milli hundred milliliters. Or if you if you want to do the but right so like and so imagine then one large 
I have a gallon container. of milk, a large a, container of milk. A large container of milk. And you'd have the same amount of milk in many smaller containers, right? Maybe eight, right. you know. So right? I, have, I bought the little little cardboard things of milk, and I have a yes. bunch of those. Yes. Um, another another way you could do it would be, for example, you could do, um, uh, you know, you could have a liter of cream, or you okay. could have 10 100 milliliter right little containers little cream. cream containers okay cream containers and so right so so what so what we're doing is you have either a large partition which is the the gallon or the, the liter. liter or the small partition okay but i right. have the same amount you i have just the same have amount. broken it up into little pieces correct okay correct. i got that so that so so um, that that's a very simple example of of partitioning, and you can use this. Uh, lots of lots of marketing people use this in a lot of different ways to shape how people think about um, what they're encountering. So they're using partitioning, either partitioning into little pieces or just having one big partition, mm -hmm. in order to frame the expectation or value of something. Yes, or um, you could also do it to uh, tackle a bunch of things at once versus, um, do, you know, small little steps. So you're saying that, all right, so what I'm gathering you're saying is that when you present something in a big container or in one big step versus little containers or many small steps, it changes people's expectations and then it changes their behavior uh it yes sure right. it definitely changes their um uh it, it definitely it changes the frame yes and thereby changes their behavior yes i think i think can, that's, can you that's give us a concrete example well not like literally concrete but can you give us a specific example I can give you some more examples, for sure. Well, I mean, so, you gave us the milk, but I'm not sure how that, or the cream, but I don't, uh, you know, that you haven't said yet how that's going to affect my behavior. Sure. So I'll give you, I'll give you a couple, couple examples. So the first story I like to tell us is the Doritos story. And it I, goes like I've this. heard, I've heard your Doritos story. Yes, it goes like this. Imagine uh, I sit you down um, on no, your I couch. I don't like Doritos. Well, I know, I know. Just. Just pretend at, that so I do. So I sit you down on the couch and on my and, couch, and, and and I put on Game TV, of Thrones. Whatever your whatever your binge your most bingey show is. Right e now I'm I'm, re I'm re I'm rewatching Game of Thrones. So Game let's of Thrones. Do that. Okay. Yeah, what, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You know, right? I put that on. All right. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching. I'm I'm binge watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. The, the with the and 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 while and 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 so I go up to you, yeah. and I give you your favorite sort of guilty pleasure snack. We'll, we'll pretend it's Doritos. Yeah, could be Doritos, could be uh, granola what, bars, kale chips, radishes, whatever. Radishes, whatever it is that you just you can't. <laughs> Let, we'll we'll say Doritos. Yeah, you can't help but okay. just munch away. Okay. Right. All right. So. You know, you're munching, you're munching, you're munching. And did you give me a, a bag of these, or a, what did you give me? Right. 
So what I do is, is, is the first thing is I give you a giant bag, like the biggest bag you've ever seen. Very big bag. And I just like slowly back out of the room and I say, I'll see you in three hours. Okay. okay. All right. And, you know, you come back and think of how much you'll have eaten. Versus, uh, I instead give you, I say, here, I have a pallet of your favorite snacks. It's unlimited. You can eat as many as you want. But the snacks come in tinsy, tiny, little two-ounce so bags. So it's like, like a, a big box or a shelf full of yeah, you have to, tiny s- bags of Tinsy, Doritos. tiny, tiny. But I can eat bitsy. as many as I want. You can eat as many as you want. And so... As you go through it, yeah, right. Which way am I going to eat more? Which way are you going to eat more? And and you're saying I'm going to eat more when it's just one big bag rather than having to open a lot of little bags. Correct. And the reason is. Well, the reason. Well, in that specific example, it's because yeah. every time when you, when you have a big frame like that, you know. Um. What I've done is I've created a um, a decision point. You mean because, well, okay, I have a question about this. Well, all right, let's back up for a second. So you're saying if with the little bags, every time I go to open a little bag, I'm making a decision to open a little bag. Right, and there are more opportunities for you to be like, oh. Oh, I guess I've had enough. I should stop. But, all right, so let me ask, because every time I reach into the big bag, I'm, am I not also making a decision? Or that's so, that's just a much less, because it, it takes just less effort and and less action to just put my hand down and grab another chip. That's not the same as making a decision to reach for a bag and open it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it the okay. the motion of just moving your arm Up so your and brain down. says yeah. I want I want snack. Now, do you think this you is take also your arm down? Yeah, you grab and snack. You grab snack. It's it's a very um. It, it can happen a lot. It's a lot easier to happen unconsciously, whereas if you have to stop and think about oh should I open a new bag you have to reach over you you, you switch into more of a de- of a decision mode and isn't and isn't automatic. it also I mean would it also be affected by the visual because you'd end up with like 20 30 little bags laying around empty bags that you wouldn't have if you were just eating from the big bag does that also play into it or am I reading too much into this? You're probably reading too much. <laughs> okay. Although I think that would affect it. But okay. All right. So if you just give me one big bag, I will probably eat more Doritos. That's what you're telling me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, then why, at, why do they even sell little snack bag sizes of anything? Well, that's a different question. It's a different question. So what, is, so what does this have to do with anything besides binge-watching TV and eating Doritos? So you can, that's, so that's one example. You know, the other example is, oh, the, uh, like, like the infomercials were three easy payments of 1995, right? Because they've broken it up into small pieces. 
exactly. And that exactly. so the nineteen ninety five doesn't sound so bad. It sounds better than like you know sixty bucks or whatever. Yep. Yep. And and that's because I'm changing your frame, because you think like, oh. Like. Nineteen. You know, twenty bucks. So this is, is this what, thing worth like twenty bucks? Yeah. So I guess this, that's about worth this it. This is, I mean. It's interesting because it's relatively recent, isn't it? That, for instance, you know, uh, all the software subscriptions, you know, software as a service yeah, that we all have, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to whatever it is, right? Is now, I mean, typically now the way you purchase it is you pay X number of dollars a month or, you know, your Netflix streaming service or, right? Right. It's all it's all per month. And so do you think that's makes it more likely that people will will sign on because it's like, oh, you know, it's only 14.99 a month. Yes, absolutely. Imagine if Netflix said um, you're you're oh, calculating. <laughs> said, "All right. Um Hey guys, we have the service. You can watch unlimited videos. It's a, it's a, uh, oh, oh, hold on. And it's nine hundred dollars. What? Yeah. How long does nine hundred dollars get you? Well, it gets you a five-year subscription. That's a lot of money. Nine hundred bucks, right? Like, what? Think of what I could buy for nine hundred dollars. Well, that's interesting because if you add up all the streaming services you have. You know, like if you have Netflix and you have HBO and you have Hulu and right, you're well, probably and paying. Well, I mean, how many years have you been paying Netflix? I I, I don't want you want to think. That was about back it. though. You you've been using them since the uh, since they came out. Yes. I love it. I love you know. Lately, I've been noticing whenever you know I sign on to some of these services, they they say you know valued member since. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look at that date and it's like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for a long time. But you're right. I mean, you know, so this is interesting because, you know, there was recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you've, you've been a member for a long time. You've probably paid Netflix over a grand. Really? You must have. And, yet, you know, all right. So I remember... Like Amazon raised their Prime price recently, mm -hmm. and that's per year. They don't do that per month. They do it per year, and it does sound kind of expensive when you think about it per year. Right. So I wonder why they do that. Why don't they do it per month? We don't know. Um. It's you know. They they don't want you to think about it. I would imagine. They don't want you reconsidering every month whether you should keep it. Yeah, could be. It could be part of it. All right. So, so you're saying if you break it up into little pieces, then it doesn't seem like such a big deal. And you're no, 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 no. Wait a minute. But this isn't this isn't this counter? Doesn't this isn't this paradoxical? What if, is the paradox? If you break it up into little pieces, right? Three payments mm -hmm. of nineteen ninety nine, or 
or Netflix is fourteen ninety nine a month or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you are you're saying that that frames it in such a way that you are more likely to do it because it's not as expensive. But on the other hand, w- aren't you running into constant decision points? If you're paying attention, there's the difference. Because my Netflix... You're not. I'm yeah, not that, paying attention. My Netflix is just getting charged to my credit card. And right. I just don't, you know, I don't look at my credit card statement in that much detail. And especially, you know, Netflix, it's just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because I'm not... If if they sent me notices every month that said, we've just charged your credit card, then I might notice it more, right? And Correct. then partitioning would might have a negative effect. So it's yes. a little nuanced here. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how, how do you decide whether you should partition something or you shouldn't partition something? Well, again... Everything is partitioned. It's just a matter of whether you're okay. thinking. How should you about decide? How, how do you decide if you're if you're a product owner? Right. How do you decide whether you should partition it into little pieces or part, more little pieces or less bigger pieces? Right. So if you want to make a big scary number look small, use a lot of small partitions. So if I don't want people to notice that they're spending $900 on their Netflix. Right. Because that would be a big, scary number. Mm-hmm. Then I should just use a lot of partitions. Yes. All right. Now, what What about the opposite? Why would I, why would I not want to use a lot of little partitions? Well. Why would I you, want to have a big partition? So big partitions can make potential benefits seem better. They can make... Um, uh, if you if you're trying to scare someone, give me right? an example of why I would want to use a big partition. Because I'm kind of just thinking everyone should always use little partitions. So uh, let's say uh, I'm trying to scare you into stop stopping to smoke, and I say, think about how much tar is in a half a pack of cigarettes. And you're like, well, cigarettes are very small. It's probably like nothing. But then if I if I give if I show you to a pile with 300,000 cigarettes and I think think of all the tar that goes into your body, you know. You kind of okay. go, "Oh. Oh, that's like it's like a lot." Right? So I've used I've used, you know, and that's how much, you know, cigarettes you'd smoke in a, you know, 30 years of smoking or whatever. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or or if going back to your Doritos example, I I want people. To I want to encourage. Uh, I just want people to keep doing what they're doing. Then I yes. don't want to remind them of what they're doing. All right. Now I, now I have to. You know, this is where I have to say this sounds very manipulative, Guthrie. And so? and you know. Am I am I supposed to? So. You're just. Do, <laughs> Do I care? I don't think I care. You're supposed to tell me how. You know, no one should ever use this in a manipulative way. I'm not going to do that. Because everybody does use it in a manipulative way? Um, I mean, like, it's not like everyone uses it in a manipulative way. But it's just, like, like, pe- like advertising companies have been doing this for forever. Yeah. You know? Right? Yeah. Like, this is not, uh, this is definitely isn't new. 
Um, so, so yeah, uh, you can par partitioning works that way. Um, think about uh, uh, it's it's really easy. Y you can combine partitions with a bunch of other fac uh, effects to make it even more even better. So um, it's you can also frame things by having the partitions. But then, so imagine um, that th that you have uh, uh, you know uh, you're at a restaurant. Okay. And let's say you want to make it look like you're getting a lot of food, okay? You could have one plate where you pile on all the appetizers. Let's say you get like the like the appetizer sampler, right? Yeah. You could have one plate and you put all the appetizers on the plate. But imagine this thing where you have each appetizer on a giant plate, but there's only like a little appetizer, right? But you bring out 10 plates and it looks you know, huge, and, right? So you're not, not only are you using the partitions to have smaller partitions to make it look bigger, you're also using the frame, you're, you're also framing these partitions oh, interesting. Um, in, in a certain way by, by displaying them. So what, should I size. bring out a lot of little plates? Because then yeah, the yeah, plates sure. look full. Sure. And there's a sure. lot of them. Yeah. And it's definitely going to, how do I say this? It's definitely going to depend upon how you. It's definitely going to depend on the situation. So I can't give like a hard and fast rule. Like it may, it might depend on the color of the plate and the color of the dish. And like there, there's, there's like, you know, that one's a little. That one can be. That that can be a little complicated. Do restaurants know about this? Um, some of them probably do. You know, yeah. I remember I was, at, I still remember this. I was at this restaurant, a very, you know, pretty fancy restaurant for me. Okay. And they brought out, I guess it was an appetizer. And it was on a, a, a very rectangular plate, very thin, you know, but long. And there was this little, little, just in one corner was this little bit of food. <laughs> and the entire plate, I think I even took a picture of it, was empty, except for this little sliver of something with a little dollop of sauce. And I didn't understand why they did that. What, what is that about? Is that to make me feel that this must be very, very special and expensive because you only get a tiny, tiny bit? Um, there's, there's probably some truth to that, yes. Hmm. You know? Um, there's, you know, yeah, it, it does, uh, you, you put, you put a big thing on a little, a, a little thing on a big plate. Um, it'll, it will appear to be, um, it will, it will look full. I think, I think that's the, I think that's what's happening. So, um, do you think that most businesses and organizations, no matter what they're, you know, whether it's food, whether it's software, whether it's services, do you think they, they consciously make these choices? Do you think they test these choices? Or do you think it's just, you know, they're just doing whatever their competition is doing? I'm sure, I'm sure people are mostly just doing whatever makes sense to them and they, they don't think about it very much. Um, but you know, hey, a lot of businesses charge by the month, and then if you pay by the year, you get like a discount because you have to. 
that you have to like coax people into paying by the year. But people want to pay by the year, or uh, companies want people to pay by the year. There are good reasons to pay by the year. Well, you avoid all these decision points where they may decide to stop using your service. Yeah, exactly. But, so yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, conundrum because you want people to pay by the year so they don't stop using it mid-year. On the other hand, you know they're more likely to pay if it's a smaller number. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. And like... Yeah, it it, um, it you can you can use you can use partitions um, also in in other in other ways that you kind of wouldn't expect. You mean besides like how to price your service? Yes. So All right, uh, like what? Uh, so think about um, if you wanna you can use it to for example there was a study where the, uh, they were talking about this is back in the days when you had like cell phones and drop calls. Mm-hmm. Right, and so number of calls dropped, right? Okay. Well, if you wanna make it look, let's let, pick how many calls per, let's just say 100, out of every 100 calls, okay? Let's say four calls get dropped. That's, was, that's what, what does that know. mean, get dropped? You mean uh, like the, you're on talking on the phone, but then all of a sudden you lose your call? Yeah. Okay. Right. So, okay. So that's like, that's the, that's sort of the situation. So if you say, you know, for example, that four out of every hundred are competitors, let's just say the competitors is, is, is this has the exact same, right? Four out of every hundred calls get, get dropped. Okay. Sounds, sounds like a lot. Okay. I didn't think it sounded like a lot, but okay. Or, or say, you could you could do it that way. You can do it, you know, it's, well, I, okay. But then imagine instead of doing that, do it by a thousand, by, by like a million. Okay. So, so then it's like, yeah, our competitors, there are four, 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 40,000 calls. That are dropped. That are dropped. Right. Out of every million. So, oh, yeah, that 4, sounds 000. bad. That yeah, sounds something like that. So, so the other thing then that you're saying with this is that humans are not very good at making scale comparisons. Uh, yeah. Now, I I should say that a lot of people, a lot of uh, humans, if they actually think about it rationally, they can get to the right answer. They'll get they'll they'll like they'll get there eventually. But the but will they eventually happen? Will they take the time? You know, so if I'm just you know trying to decide what phone service to get, and they say you know these guys over here drop four calls out of every hundred, and these guys over here drop forty thousand out of every million. I mean, I mean, I doubt that they're going to say it that way. But, you know, let's say I watch one ad, which, which is four of 100. I watch another ad, which is 40, four, you know, the 40,000. Right. Uh, you know, that might 
influence me later on. I show up at the store and I remember, oh yeah, those are the guys that dropped 40,000, right? I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily thinking it through. I'm not necessarily thinking logically. Maybe I didn't even hear these at the same time, right? Right, 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 right. right. So, yep. so yep. unless there's conscious intervention in this, then would you agree that people aren't very good at these scale comparisons? Um, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. And like I said, it, it's, it's, it's more of a, sort of a general thing. Like, yeah. like certainly if you're, people can, people are, can figure it out if they really want to figure it out. Right. And but if you're, if you're a purchasing, if you're a purchaser for a major corporation and you're buying cell phone, you're doing cell phone contracts, you'll probably work it out. Right. Right. Cause that's your job. But. If you're just walking around deciding, I think I need a, a new phone or I need a new service, you might not be thinking that way. Now, you probably would <laughs> because you're an economist, which is why I actually, you know, I tend to go to you when I have to make a, any kind of, you know, co- major purchase, not even that major, you know, but because I kind of know I'm not going to. And, and I think I'm pretty smart, and I think I'm pretty good at math. And I used to teach statistics, so you know I'm not afraid of this. Well, you're not. Stuff. You're not immune. You're not immune from biases. Are you immune from biases, though? If you if you are thinking about things in that uh, very thoughtful, logical system two way, do you think you're immune from some of these biases yourself? Because you're no, no, no. I wouldn't. I would definitely wouldn't say that. Do you think you're you're less likely to fall for these than other people though because you study them um no but i do know i think i notice when um i think i'm more likely to notice when they happen like after the like, fact or before you fall oh no sometimes it's like oh this is what this is what you guys are doing yeah but then what about you know do you fall for it though, personally, as a consumer? I'm sure. I'm sure I do sometimes. Sure. So, is there anything that? So, I mean, we can, you know, we can talk about this in a positive way, like you said the thing about, you know, the cigarette smoke, and as a way to, I mean, cigarettes and tar, and as a way to encourage people to uh, behave in ways that are good for them or good for society or something. But I think we tend to talk about this more in terms of there's, you know, some company. Well, it's interesting to me because, you know, we sometimes we talk about it as, you know, watch out. They're trying to get you to buy the the <laughs> Ginzu knife, right? Yes. For the 1993 easy payments for 1999. Yes. Um, or they're trying to get you to eat more Doritos or, you know, we, we tend to talk about it that way. But, you know, actually... Uh, I mean, you and I do consulting where the client wants to know how can we get more people to take this action. And so, you know, we give advice about how you can use some of this stuff to get people to take action. So I, but do you think for this particular, or you can answer it, I guess, in general, for this particular thing of partitioning and framing, do you think that the more people understand it and 
and you point out to them, oh, look, there's, they're using partitioning. Do you think that helps people to not fall for it or it really doesn't have any effect? Because um, it's just the way <coughs> our brains work. Maybe, maybe. I think, I think eventually you kind of learn to figure it out. So, I mean, I, I think so. But is there, there's no research on that, is there? Like systematically teaching people to not fall for partitioning, to not be affected, to not be as affected by the frame. Not, yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, like over time. I mean, I'm sure you, I know that you can do it temporarily. And the reason I say that is, well, I don't know about partitioning, but in some of this in general, I know that, you know, we teach workshops, right? In which we include a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've had to be very careful when we order the order and frequency and timing and placement of some of our uh, activities and interactions. Because if we, if we don't pay careful attention, then essentially I believe what we do sometimes, what we can do in our workshops, is we can kick people from a system one mode into a system two mode, and then they don't fall for it. Right. We've had to be very careful about how we work, you know, because we're trying to give demonstrations of some of these effects and some cognitive biases and so on. And I know, I, I mean, you know we've had to do this, where we've had to, it's like, okay, we can't, uh, there's like a, a, an exposure effect kind of thing where, um, not, not, I'm not using that term correctly because that means something very different with cognitive bias. But I know that it's possible that after you've done a number of these activities, when you go to do the next one, it doesn't work because now they're on high alert, you know? Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. like, what are they trying to do now to, right. because, to make a point? And yeah. so we have to sprinkle them through in various times. You know, we can't do too many in a row. Uh, we have to all of a sudden, hey, write down this, you know, uh, and catch them off guard. Um, otherwise, you know, it, it won't have an effect. So. Right, 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 right. So it, yeah. so it is possible that temporarily you can get people to pay more attention to this stuff. But I think that's really temporary. And I, I don't think, you know, out in the real world, you know, you can – you'd be able to train people to be on guard? I don't think so. I, I don't think you can do it. Because I think most of the time we are in that automatic mode, and that automatic mode is using this framing and partitioning. Now, do you think that there, you know, you know how we talk about, I talk about in, when we teach about the fact that you know, people are most of the time are in system one mode, meaning they're not just they're not thinking that much, they're not thinking that hard or that deeply about what's around them, and that that is actually, uh, you know, I think it's adaptive. It works. You know, if you had to walk around all the time analyzing every step you make, everything coming into your your perceptual field, you'd use up way too much glucose in your brain. You know, you'd, it's like you just can't think that hard for that long. We're, right. we're just not made for that. And so it's actually quite adaptive that we have these quick quick reactions, quick modes, 
you know? So do you think this partitioning and framing is part of that whole, you know, adaptive quick mode system? Or do you think of it as a flaw? Um, I think it's probably, I think it's probably just the quick mode. Yeah, and that's, that that's, that's just the way we are. It's just adaptive. It's just the way we've learned to go through the world. It's, yeah, most it's, of the time, it serves us. We There's no, why, you know, if you're, you know, a lot of human tasks are very repetitive. Yeah. Why would you, like, purposely try to make life harder? Yeah, yeah. You know, why? why go through all the, you know, like the um the effort to have to like if every time you ate a piece of popcorn in a giant movie theater bag of popcorn <laughs> you had to like think you about had to it. evaluate how many you'd eaten and whether you should eat another yes so in the long in in the yeah yeah be truly terrible yeah so huh so um then then i want to know how, all these summarizing from everything we've been talking about then mm -hmm. do you have any like general advice either for consumers or for for organizations that are trying to get people to change behavior do you have any general advice about partitioning or you really can't it really depends on the context the situation the people um oh yeah sure i can i can i can put something together okay like right at this moment, or do you need to go think about it? No, 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 no. I can. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can think of uh, of like big kind of big takeaways. All right, go ahead. So when you're when you when you're working on partitioning, right? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a couple there's there's like there's a little bit of advice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Again, if you're trying to make big scary numbers, you you just just think about what's the goal, and if okay. you want big scary numbers to look small you use small partitions to break them up if and you if want you if you have big scary numbers that you don't want to seem so scary yes then you should use more partitions that are all little little numbers correct okay yes. if you have um you know if you have uh if you want to make you know just the opposite if, if you, you want, want little numbers, little numbers to seem significant, to seem significant, then yes. you <coughs> group everything together instead of yeah. having little partitions. Correct. The core wouldn't that be called a corollary? I is don't that, know. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I I always like to use those words, but I don't know if they're accurate. Okay, so that's kind of just a very broad takeaway. Um, yeah, like like basically use. Use partitions to determine exactly kind of how you want things to work. How, how, how do you want people to sort of uh, uh, interact with your, with your product, with your service? Do you want them to uh, make little automatic choices or do you want them to have to think about it? Yeah, do you so want them the, to stop and think? Yeah, so it's all very, it's all very tied in um, with a lot of other, uh, a lot of other um, cognitive biases for sure. So you mean it's, it doesn't work alone? 
yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about one you know, we're ta- thing. Yeah, uh, you know, we're talking about effects that um, that you you're gonna run into all over the place. You well, know, and I f- yeah, and this is you know back to that idea of fear of ne- loss and yeah being lazy. And- I, and I think that's part of the the nuance thing. And you know, I like I like teaching this stuff, but I know that when we when we teach, for instance, our behavioral design workshop, we even say, okay, but this might be more nuanced than you think. Uh, we say that about a lot of things. And you said a real nice real nice thunder there. Who did? Oh, I can hear that. So, um, and the idea being that, so sometimes, because I think sometimes people take one of these behavioral science, behavioral economic things that we might talk about, and they try and apply this one, and it doesn't work quite what they expected. And typically, when that happens, it's because you've actually got something else that's also going on, that's also affecting it that you don't realize, right? Right. And I think it's one of the things, I mean, I find, right, we do that in consulting, right? People will say, we tried this and it didn't work. Why didn't it work? And then we'll take a look right. at it and say, well, actually, you've you've got two things going on and the second one is canceling out the first one, right? Right. So it can be a little complicated. But but maybe not. I mean, the, I think partitioning is maybe one of the more straightforward ones we talk about. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think, I think I definitely agree about okay. that. I mean, you know, how do I say this, right? You, you do it. You try it. Yeah. You try it. You see what happens. Yeah. It's probably going to work out. So, yeah, um, uh, Guthrie, thanks for explaining all that. So I, I, did want, I do a good job? I, you're asking me, you got to ask your audience. I uh, think you did a good job. I think you did okay. a good job. I mean, I've heard you talk about this before, but Usually when we're talking about this, we have like 10 seconds, you know, or <laughs> or two minutes max, right? We're in, it's right. in a workshop or we're ta- talking to a client about it in a meeting. And so this was helpful to me because it allowed me to dig in a little more than, than, you know, like I said, I hear you talk about this, but I like that we were able to dig in a little bit deeper so just to met can i mention something can i can i make a plug here about our workshops so uh this is one of the things one of the many many things we teach in our uh our behavioral design workshop which i'm going to say at this point guthrie that we can say it is now our most popular workshop would you agree with that yes for for right now and that might change in the future but we probably teach more of this one workshop than we teach of any of our other workshops. And we have a one-day version and a two-day version, and it is a lot of fun and also interesting and informative. And so if any of you guys listening out there are interested in uh, bringing us in to teach at your place or having or hosting one of our workshops for you know, your organization or your professional association, let us know because we like to teach it, right? Absolutely. Guthrie, who, if people want to get hold of us, what is the best way to, for them to do that? Uh, probably to email yeah. info at theteamw.com, I would imagine. Yeah. And uh, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Pro- 
Probably not. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I want to um, thank everyone for listening and let your friends and colleagues know about our podcast and subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Yep. And we'll yep. sign off before the thunder and lightning engulfs Guthrie. <laughs> <laughs> or he you. loses his electricity or something. Uh, that's not that is not gonna happen. Okay. That's not gonna happen. All right. Bye Guthrie. Alright, bye. <laughs>